Hi, this is James, and this is Gospel of Kennison, GOK number 23, and welcome back. Um, again, this is the audio podcast of James Kennison. I'm a podcaster, pastor, husband, father, not in any necessary order, uh, but thanks for coming in, tuning in, and listening. This isn't entertaining. This is just me talking into a microphone once a week about whatever in the heck I want to, and this week I kind of want to talk about over-nurtured little boys. Because OMG, I work with kids. I'm a children's pastor. It's what I do. I've been doing it for a long time. And um, I've recently moved from Kansas City into uh, Florida. And not only did I do that, I moved from one culture to another, an inner city culture to a upper middle class type culture. And a trend I've noticed is the way they raise their little boys – Okay, I wasn't real happy with either. I think a balance of one or the other would be good. Because here's what here's what we do in the inner city. We have a bunch of boys that are being raised by women. Okay, just being gut level honest. A lot of them are raised by women, and these women, a lot of them are mean. <laughs> okay, they're not mean like hateful, like beat their kids kind of hateful. I'm talking about they just don't take any trash from nobody, including their sons. Okay. And there's multiple reasons for this. I've seen these kids, bless their hearts. Um, they remind the mom of the dad and they don't like dad. So they're not going to like the son, you know, um, they look just like, um, or whatever, whatever. Uh, the other thing is, um, when you, when you have children young, um, it kind of cramps your style. It really does. It, it sets your, uh, economic status at a certain level that you're probably never going to rise above and you're you become a parent who blames their kids for all their shortcomings you can't help it when you have when you do that shoot me and jen planned our kids and we still blame them for everything it's awesome it's a great scapegoat Uh, i say that tongue-in-cheek of course but every time we want to watch a movie and can't because the kids are still awake we blame them Um, but but take that frustration to the nth degree and and that's what they deal with okay so you get these ladies who thank god they're there because the kids wouldn't even have anybody to raise them anyway um and and you get a you get a boy who grows up kind of hating ladies Okay, they they respect them because they have to, but then there's this this macho-ness that comes out once their hormones start stirring up, and they're like, "I am going to dominate every girl I come across," and therefore the cycle continues because then they dominate a few women, the women hate their men because they were taken advantage of, they had their kids, and so they're hard on their boys and blah blah blah, and it just goes on and on and on. And, and FYI, there is no race that has a corner on that market, okay? Because I know all my white listeners are sitting there going, oh, oh, he's talking about black folks. Yeah, and white folks, and every other subculture that I saw in the inner city, um, all of them had that pattern. The all, And I say all, all that had that pattern had that pattern. There's plenty of people making great decisions, getting out of the ghetto, uh, raising themselves up, making awesome choices, giving their life to God, changing their habits and their attitudes, seeing the cycle for what it is. There's plenty of that going on. I could actually fill a podcast full of stories of kids that I've seen that have come up out of it. Thank God. Um, 
But the ghettos are still there for a reason, and it's because of that cycle. So it'd be ridiculous to act like it doesn't exist. All right, but then, um, so you get these boys that have been raised by ladies, and again, thank God for them, but they're just a little too harsh. And so you get these guys who are soft-hearted on the inside, okay, these men, and um, but but they have to come off as as hard on the outside. And I do. Let me talk about my black men for a little while because I've got a little bit of an insight because I've worked with them for so long, known so many, and, and, and hugged on so many young black men. There is no sweeter heart in the planet than the heart of a young black boy. Okay, can I just say that? Is it okay? I hope to God it is, because if I can't say that, I can't say nothing. Because I have seen, I, I have, there's not been a young black man that I haven't liked. Okay, because they have the biggest hearts in the world. They are, they feel so strongly about stuff, and and they they they're just the sweetest. The little, the younger they are, of course, the cuter they are, but. I've I've been around multiple types of kids, and I've oh, just the ones that I want to protect the most is the heart of a young black man because what I see is as they grow, life happens, and 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 stuff around them happens, and and oh, the life of a young black man is so hard, so difficult in ways that you can't imagine the crap that they have to deal with and see, and they end up creating a shell around their heart, and that's the outer toughness that you see a lot of times church people are very familiar with the concept of oh there's this big dude he was a biker or he was a gang member and then he got saved and now he's just a big teddy bear have have you heard people say that before you know why because they're all that way they're all that way they're just what 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 you see when you see a, a gangbanger or a guy that's trying to front like he's one. You're seeing this outer shell, this toughness that is trying to do whatever it can to shelter that heart that's in there, that loves and cares. It's there. I guarantee you. I've seen it hundreds and hundreds of times. And matter of fact, the tougher the exterior, the softer the heart on the inside. And the reason why they react the way they do and these guys get all angry and tough is because people disrespect them by hurting their feelings, believe it or not. Oh, that's why I believe, man, the heart, the, the young black man, uh, the heart of a young black man could change the world, could change the world. And that's why I believe, and I'll say it right here and nowhere else, that's why Satan comes against black America so hard. And that's why they have my support and my love and why I, I, I don't know, I make excuses for them if I have to because they do have it tough. I used to be the guy, why do they need a Negro college fund, blah, 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 blah. They need it because it's the only one that's for black folks. Everything else is for white people. All of them are the white people college fund. That's because that's the rednecks you say, well, I'm going to start a white people college fund. They're all white people college funds. Oh my goodness! I don't know, man. They, uh, my prayers go out to the young black man. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. All right, but all right. So you got that that world, okay? Now we come into the white world or the better off world, okay? And and again, there is no corner on this market either. Even though my world primarily is a white, you know white world right now, uh, there are going to be kids I'm thinking about, um, 
when I described this that that happen to be biracial or even not white at all. So whatever, whatever. There's nobody that has a corner on this market either. So um, the over nurtured son. Oh my goodness, what is this? I'd love to say that it's a single parent issue. I'd love to get them all mad, like my mom was. Uh, but but again, I. I don't see that. I see honestly more 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 times than not a a couple, a husband and a wife together with an overnurtured son. Now James, tell me what you're talking about. I'm talking about a boy that's not a boy. It's not tough. I I'm I I'm sorry, but I think boys shouldn't whine and cry. I think boys should be able to push each other around. Not every boy is going to fit that mold. I did not, okay? I didn't. I've never been the competitive type. I've never been the type to play football. I never wanted to run faster than anybody else. I just, I don't care about any of that. It's never, and I, and, and I paid the price for it growing up, okay? So understand when I say all these things um, that I understand there's certain types of boys that aren't that way, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about boys that, that love to push and love to shove and all this kind of stuff. But the second something goes wrong, oh my gosh, they're, they're bawling their eyes out. They can't, they can't own up to any mistakes. They, they fall apart the second anybody holds them accountable for anything and they do absolutely nothing wrong in their parents' eyes. That's what I'm talking about. That drives me absolutely insane. You know what makes a boy a man? It's not how they act, honestly. It's really not. It's how they respond and what they own up to. I'm going to tell you, the Bible even says it, that you can pretty much do whatever you want. But not everything's beneficial to you. Because you can. You can you, man, when you're driving, you could pull up on the, up on the sidewalk and run over 50 people if you want. You can do that. Not very beneficial. You can go and eat, drink a uh, bottle of Drano if you want. Not very beneficial. Okay, here's the thing. What? What? Who said this? I don't blame people for their mistakes, but I do ask that they pay for them. Okay, that was out of a movie. I would modify that and I would say this. I don't really care what you did as long as you can own up to it. Okay, and now obviously we're not talking about murder and blah blah blah. I'm talking about young boys doing stupid stuff at school at home. But what I see so many times is is these these moms and dads over nurture their sons, and they won't they they do no wrong, and then they learn nothing. I'll give an example. It was a couple of years ago. Um, I had I had a fight break out in my children's church between two preschoolers. A fight, a full on fight. The only fight I've ever had in children's ministry where blood was drawn. Okay, <laughs> was in a preschool fight. Between two preschool kids, one kid got punched straight in the nose. And now it was kind of ironic because the kid that got bloody was the bully. Okay, so it was really good. But the kid that did the punching was completely out of line. And he this was not the first time he had done this. But the point was I just wanted to go to mom. And all I had was a simple message. This can't happen again. That's it. This cannot happen again. If it does, we will take steps to make sure to protect the other children from your son, which would mostly mean he's not coming back. I just dropped something. Sorry. Production quality on an audio journal is not that high. Um, 
Well, she immediately launches into this whole thing about how if I knew where he had come from and what he had gone through and, and how she was doing the best she could and, and all this, that, and the other, and it's not his fault. And I, and I just repeated it again. I said, I understand that, but this can't happen again. She could not own up to him doing this. You know what? If my kid had hit another kid, even blood or not, I would be appalled. I would be absolutely appalled and embarrassed, uh, naturally. I mean, you, you don't want your kids to be stupid and do stupid things. But man, what side would I fall on? Obviously, on the side of my kid learning that that is not proper behavior. Well, on this one, she was not that. She was all about defending her kid. Her kid, you know, it's so funny. You'd think she was the one who had whose kid had the bloody nose, the way she was acting. I had to keep reminding myself, no, this is the offender that's getting all upset. Not once did she apologize. Not once was she upset. It was complete defensiveness. And I finally had enough. And I looked at her and I says, you know what? If you want your boy to ever grow into a man, he is, you have got to hold him accountable for what he's done. Because we don't change if we never did anything wrong. And that's it in a nutshell. Here in my world now, I see these boys that can't own up to what they did. Their mothers want to defend them and 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 make excuses for them. Well, they're on medication and I didn't give them this and all this stuff. And and you know what? I've I'm familiar with all of that. Even special needs kids. I am I am completely in support of people that have to deal with this with their kids, chemical imbalances and all this kind of stuff. But I also know that there is a minimum level of 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 behavior that has absolutely nothing to do with any of that that I can hold a kid to, special needs or not. I can tell a kid who is low-functioning um, uh, you know, it, to, to sit and, and be quiet and give them something to play with. And, and when they shout out randomly, because I had special needs kids that do that, I, I can tell them, shh, and they'll calm down. And they won't yell out as much. Every now and then they will. So if I can get that behavior out of a kid, all right, you tell me his mental age is three. I can make a three-year-old mind. I can't make him be still. I can't make him do everything I want. But, man, I can get them to where they'll, they'll understand and, 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 and respect. There's certain things and where they won't hit other kids and all this kind of stuff. But we're not even talking about that. I'm talking about a fully functional kid who ought to know better and don't because mom and dad have never told the kid you're wrong. And you need to change. We're so afraid we're going to hurt their feelings. Or I've got multiple reasons why I think this happens. I think you know we we raise our kids out of the overflow of what we had. So if we had an overly strict parent, we're promising ourselves we're not going to be strict to our kids and this that, and the other. And we end up swinging so far the other direction that we don't do anything to the child. Um, I think guilt comes into play um, if you and your husband have split up. Uh, then, you know, neither one of you wants to be the bad guy. You feel guilty. The other one is, I believe, you know, if, if a kid's a liar and mean, it's probably because they've, they've learned that. And so mom can't discipline their kid because she'd be a hypocrite. And, and that's why they're defensive because they know that really what the teacher is saying is, is about them, not some, or they feel that way. Um, but I still don't like it. And I still think it's so unfair to the boy. I really, really do. Now, we could talk about girls, too. Girls are mean to each other. But I'm just talking about boys. Talking about boys. Um, why do you say, Jane, you know, some people might ask me, why, why don't you care as much about what they do? That's because boys learn 
what's right and wrong by the consequences of, of their actions. And boys are going to try things. They're going to systematically test the fence for weaknesses. That's what boys do. Um, just like Jurassic Park and the Raptors. And what they'll do is they'll reach up and they'll try a, a barrier. And if it shocks them, oh, they'll move down a quarter of an inch and they'll try it again. And they'll move down and they'll keep poking at the same area. It seems like it, but they're working their way down the fence, finding where the holes are. And if that boy continues to get shocked and something happens to them at every point around the fence, they'll find out where their barriers are and they will learn to operate within, within them in the, in the context of behavior and, and attitudes and feelings and actions and consequences and all this stuff. But what happens is they systematically test the fence for weaknesses. Parents get tired and think, oh, it's not working and this is too much work and this is my child's uh, personality or, or I'm just too tired to care. They, they break through the fences and the kids are wild and they're not fun to live with. They're not fun to take places and you can't be pr- as proud of them as you want. I don't know. Simple, simple request, America. Hold your boys accountable for their actions. Be appalled when they do bad things. Set standards and a goal for your son and stick to it no matter how uncomfortable it is for you. And when a teacher comes and tells you that your son has done something, be defensive, but hold your kid accountable too. Just because it's embarrassing doesn't mean they didn't do it. Oh, I had this one mom, bless her heart. She was just, I, and, and I may have talked about this on previous episodes, so forgive me if I have, but, you know, it's a journal. I'm getting it out. She was so dang sure that her son uh, had not done this thing that I said that she, he did. And he did it. He did it. There was no issue. This is not a court of law, but she thought it was. And she was going to have me and this boy get together, and I was apparently supposed to defend my side. And when the time came, I just simply looked at him, and I says, you did this. You and I know that you did. And so it's not your word versus mine. You did these things. And so now it's about how you're going to respond. Will you own up to it and be a man? Or, and then, and then as a result of that, you will gain my respect and we can move on and move past this. Or are you going to sit there and say what you know is not true and you will stay a child and I will treat you differently as a result and we will not be able to continue this relationship. What's it going to be? And at the time he was working with me in ministry and his mom was appalled, absolutely appalled. You could tell she wanted to rush in and protect her son from this mean man who was, who was accusing her beautiful baby son of something so terrible. And about that time he goes, I did it. What? What? I was saying the same thing on the inside because I couldn't believe he owned up to it. It was huge. He aged. Right there, five years. He matured right there in front of my eyes. Mom was so embarrassed, she, she completely missed the point. And I told him, I says, I'm proud of you. That's huge. Absolutely huge. He was embarrassed. Oh, oh, it was terrible. But he did it. And you see how much of a triumph that was and how much better that was for him? It wasn't about embarrassing him. It was about him owning up to what he did. And with his personality and everything that I know about him, that was huge. And I didn't even know him at the time. And I thought so was absolutely massive that he owned up and said he did it because that's when you can admit something was wrong and you can move on. Another example uh, was a young man we had recently and he disrespected some adults and um, his mom wanted to get involved and I pulled him aside and I said, dude, you're in seventh grade. You're a little old for your mom to come 
and save you. You What you need to do, not because I tell you to and not because your mama tells you to or, or whatever, is you need to own up to what you did and go in there and just apologize. Because I'm guaranteeing you, every man in this building, if you just go up to him and say, you know what, I did this, you're right, and I am sorry, and it's not going to happen again, boom, it's done, it's over. It's not even an issue anymore. They'll never bring it up again, ever. That's the way men are. And and he was like, oh, you know, he loved the idea of keeping his mom out of it and all this kind of stuff. And he said, yeah, I want to try that. So I pulled them all together and I bragged on him and told him, um, you know, that we don't even bother with this kind of stuff with throw, with kids that we don't want around. Man, if you were a punk, we'd be like, yeah, you finally screwed up and he can just go. <laughs> we can, we've got an excuse to get rid of him. But uh, I says, we see so much potential in you. That's why we're holding you accountable. And homeboy had to stand nose to nose with this guy and say, I'm sorry, I screwed up and it won't happen again. And it was huge. And exactly what I said would happen, happened. They came together. The The guy that he had offended says, you know, said basically the same thing I did, that we're proud of you, that, you know, uh, that it was just shocking because you're not this way, but you were. And, uh, and it's forgiven and forgotten. Let's move on. And, um, and it's done. It's done. And mom was never even involved. Couldn't even, couldn't even have protected her son if she'd wanted to. And it's funny because I've been around enough to know that moms want this for their son, especially single moms. They want somebody, they want a man to come around and help them, but they don't know what it looks like because it looks a lot like that. It looks a lot like that. And, uh, I think it's so vital I think it's so vital for young men to be held accountable for what they do. Do you know why um, white kids, you know, go into schools and shoot everybody? I don't. I don't know all the reasons. But one of them is they've never been held accountable for anything. They don't know about consequences. They don't know about how what they do affects other people. See, girls do. Girls are wired, most of them, to know how their feelings and what they do affect other people. My daughter cares about how others feel. Now, the mean girl syndrome, what they end up doing is they use their knowledge against other girls. And since they know how it makes them feel, they are perfectly uh, wired now to go and affect the feelings of others in cruel and unusual ways. Okay, that's the mean, the mean girl thing. So girls are not perfect, but boys don't come out. Uh, with that, they don't. They don't know how to care about other people's feelings and how their actions affect others. They're not real good about thinking in the third person, and so we have to build that into them. My theory on on ancient culture is they didn't focus on young men because they thought they were better than girls. I think it eventually became that, but I kind of wonder the reason why if if school. And all this stuff was set up for men because they needed the most work. Boys are the key, man, only because we're falling apart for lack of men. We've belittled the, the role of a man, and it's, and it's now reaching all the way back to childhood. Uh, we've got, you know, even the media does it. When, some, when a boy does something wrong, oh, it's video games, or oh, it's movies, oh, it's all that. It's not... It, you know what? No. At the end of the day, it's them. Because life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it. And you can make excuses for anything. But at the end of the day, 
You did it. So I've babbled for 24 minutes now. And I still don't know if I've said what I wanted to say. But I'll just, I'll finish up like this. My son is far from perfect. But you know what? He cares about people. He is enjoyed by other people. He is the best behaved kid in every class he goes to. I get raving reviews from his teachers, his peers. He is not going to take any crap off anybody. Like teachers will literally tell me, now he's not a pushover. When somebody comes up and takes his stuff, he'll take it back and he'll tell them go away. But he doesn't hit kids. He doesn't bite. He's never bitten anybody. He's not overly aggressive because I think he has a fair balance of how his actions affect other people. Like when Dun Dun has bit, and we call him Dunner, he has bit before. He bit his daughter. I mean, bit his daughter. He bit his sister once. You know what I did? I bit him. That boy needed to know that it hurt. I didn't bite him as hard, and I didn't leave marks. And I told him what I was going to do. And um, let's see, there was one other thing that I did like that. But that's what men do for boys. And it's not about kicking them, I mean, in the freaking butt. You know, we've all we've all heard seen documentaries or read books or heard horror stories about the way men over overdo it and how evil they can be. We're not talking about evil men. We're talking about good dads and, and raising good sons and and boys need to feel it. <sighs> I'm sorry, they do. My son needed to feel it. Because I could sit there and tell him about it, and his two-year-old brain at the time would just be like, I'd sound like Charlie Brown's parents. And he would have gotten away with it. I don't know. Judge judge the fruit, not the tree. The tree's never pretty. The, the methods are not fun. Disciplining a child is hard work. But man, the results are huge. Both of my kids are good kids. They're not perfect. They get on our nerves. They whine. Sometimes they have bad days. Jenna had a big attitude today. She got a big nap as a result. <laughs> but I'm telling you, even her grandmother, her own grandmother, comments on how good our kids are and how normally, you know, she's used to having kids that fight each other and, and you know, from some of the cousins and stuff like that. It's huge to me. And uh, but they don't come out that way, they don't. It uh, parents parents usually choose exactly how their kids are going to turn out. So I don't know. I I guess I hate it so much for these boys because it shouldn't be that way. It's it's not so much how they're acting. It's the fact that they're getting cheated. I will tell you this though. Um, my theory, I don't know about guns and stuff in schools, but I do know about boys that, that race cars too fast and, and plow into trees. See it a lot, especially with white kids. I don't know why it is. White boys. I think it's because they've never been hurt before. They're they're coddled and hugged and kissed so much. And, you know, I, I kiss my kid. Boy, I kiss my boy on the mouth. I'm all – and I will – I will till he's 50. I don't care. I love my son. I hug him and I hold him. I kiss on him as much as his sister. Okay, so I'm not against all that. I'm just saying balance, man. When you when you 
when you uh, pacify a son because he's pitching a fit because he didn't get a toy in Walmart. That's ridiculous. There's different kinds of crying. I'm all about pacifying my son when he hurts himself and scrapes his knee. Boy, I put the Neosporin on. I'm going to put extra Band-Aids on. I'm going to hug and kiss it, and we're going to pray away the boo-boos and all the distance and that and the other. We're going to do it all. But when homeboy's yelling because he was playing with his sister's toy and she took it because he was breaking it and he wanting to go beat her up, boy, it's coming down. It's coming down on him. And he's going to learn. He's going to learn that good behavior has good, good consequences. Bad behavior has negative consequences. And he is going to be naturally drawn to the good. And I'm going to have a son that is going to raise good sons. And that's the end of that. Thanks for listening. If you have any comments, questions, you can always send them to james at nlcast.com or you can call them in 295-NLCAST. I'd love to hear your feedback and comments if you want. I don't think I've ever asked for that before. but So uh, we're going to try to keep it to right out a half hour. I think you feel me. I think you feel me. And even if you don't, that's fine. This is just where I stand on it. I just hate it for these boys, man. It's wimpy boys. Women and men. See, okay, the only thing I do need to add is that I don't totally blame the women. Because like I said at the beginning, it's mostly uh, married couples that I see these wimpy boys coming out of. And it's because men aren't doing what they're supposed to do. I don't know what's that about. I think men are so busy working and thinking they're supplying for their for their kids' needs, and they don't feel good about doing it, and they don't trust themselves, and they, you know, maybe their dad was too mean. I don't know all the reasons, but at the end of the day, you're not doing what you're supposed to do by your kid. So do it. Raise your son. Be involved, guys. Your role in your daughter's life is to be the first person that didn't have to love her, but does anyway. Actually, that's your role in both your kids' lives. But what what that'll do is if you really, really love your daughter, she won't really, really need to throw herself at the first punkhead kid that comes along when she's a teenager. Because mom is the first example of unconditional love, and they kind of take that for granted, the way we take God for granted. But your your dad is the first person that doesn't have to be there, but he still is. You see what I'm saying? Your mom makes you okay with who you are. Uh, I'm sorry, your mom makes you who you are. Your dad makes you okay with who you are. You're all about self-esteem for both of your children. In your dad, in your son's life, though, you're an example as well of how um, of how you're supposed to treat women and how you're supposed to act and own up. And they'll do what you say, but eventually they're going to do what you do. So you got a big job, dude. But uh, and ladies, let your husband do it. It may seem tough, but it's that balance you're nurturing, and his hard stance. That perfect balance is what makes a man a man. Um, too much dad would be a bad thing. Too much mom would be a bad thing. But it's that balance of both that makes it worthwhile. Thanks. This has been GOK twenty three. Peace.